Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, Listening to Footy Prime News and Such, your one-stop destination for footy news and such. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. It is a shame, though, isn't it, that you see someone that you invite on the show, you know, and and she's very popular straight away, and, and the listeners demand more Amy Walsh, and then like like two weeks in, she's on her own schedule, shows up late, diva behavior already. Yep. Like you like the new Jimmy Brennan. Oh no, Jimmy's like the OG diva. <laughs> <laughs> well, He's trying you to never you never want to catch a train with with me and Walsh there. By the way, <laughs> we'll miss it. The funny one, the funny one for Jimmy is always when he goes. Charms go, hey, is Jimmy coming? I go, oh, he hasn't answered me all day, and then two days later he goes, oh, totally forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? It wouldn't be Footy Prime, the podcast, if it was any other way, would it? So, yeah, welcome, everyone, to Footy Prime, the podcast. Uh, as you've heard, Jimmy's here and, and Amy's here. Amy, back. It's news and such or news and... News and, and dubs. And dubs, <laughs> yeah. But we had a... What was it? We had a, a boy, Dave DeCola, suggested a, a new title for for today's show. And I forget it because it was like, I read it like 10 minutes ago and my brain is so just like a sieve. I've, I've got one. Okay. At least just uh, just a, a, a little um, snippet. Fridays, Footy Prime goes AWOL. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> not good. Amy but not bad. Wall. Shh. You're oh. so good at that shit, eh? It's unbelievable. It's natural. Where is what was the show that you did again? Border Patrol. That I did again? You mean that I do? That's been on that for 11 do. years? That's on like 30 channels? That's one of the most popular shows in Canadian history? Oh, Boom! I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
once so, in a so while. So Dave has, uh, he, he goes, news and such, news and such, and Amy, news and shamey. Shamey? That's, that's Dave Decola. Because she shames herself? Long-time listener. And she um, shames no, herself? But yeah, am I being shamed already? Well, perhaps. Yeah, I've been shamed already for being You are hanging today. out with us. It's a bit of a shame. That's yeah. right. <laughs> that your career has <laughs> gone fallen so down that you're hanging out with us. It could In be. The podcast gutter. That's right. <laughs> could be better ways to spend your Friday morning, that's for sure. <laughs> but here we are. Here we are. News and such, or whatever you want to call it, looking at just what, what's been happening in the news. And uh, money, 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 money. That's been happening in the news. Transfer window, uh, even MLS. So actually, Forbes magazine have released the, the value of all their teams, which we'll get to, to shortly. But what I want to pose to you, you people, to start things off is all, the, all this money in, in professional football, particularly in the Premier League, right? I mean, the, the window that was was in, just insane, right? We're talking billions of pounds, including last summer. They've just dwarfed every other league in the world right now. Is, is the money ruining the game for you at all? Or do you just not care, just assume it's part of the business, suck it up and move on, Amy? I mean, is it, does it affect your enjoyment even the slightest? No, I don't think it does, but I feel like the, the transfer fees like, it just seems like monopoly money. That just they're throwing astronomical fee after astronomical fee and becoming as as Craig Forrest, I think, said a few episodes ago, like they didn't want to be a member of the Super League, but they're almost their own Super League now. Right. It just seems like just crazy, crazy amounts of money that everybody just seems desensitized to it. So I don't know. It's not hampering my enjoyment of it. That's for sure. But I mean, where where's how does it all end? It, it, can't, it can't be good. There's going to be the haves and the have nots. And there's going to be a time of reckoning eventually. Does the bubble burst at some point, right? But we keep yeah. hearing this and it's not because the TV deals are getting bigger and bigger. I think this, this most recent cycle for the first time, the foreign um, uh, deals outweigh the domestic deals, right? Which is something now in fairness, I think because of COVID they, they had like a rolling contract with the current TV deal domestically. So what the deal was, five years ago, whatever, rolled into the, this cycle as well. There's no bidding process necessarily. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's crazy. But Jimmy, I mean, you've been involved in the game as well, like behind the scenes as well, um, obviously in a smaller scale in the Premier League. But I mean, does it affect you at all? Or is it, are you actually, in some ways I'm like, well, this, this shows it's successful. It's, it's working, right? Look, for me, does it bother me watching? No, I love it. Because I do, I'm a fan of the Premier League as well. I mean, one thing that pisses me off is I wish I was still playing when all this money was there. It's been very <laughs> nice. But I think what it does affect is it affects the other leagues. And that's probably why your Real Madrid and your Barcelona's want to start that Super League with all these other clubs because they're probably looking now and seeing the Premier League going, we cannot compete. We can't compete. And we're going to start losing players left, right, and center now. And those players that we want are going to go to the Premier League because they've got more money than what we can offer. And it's only so far that your brand and your prestige of your club can can sell you because eventually the player's going for the money and all the money's in the Premier League right now. So th- I think the rest of Europe are, are going to start to, you're going to start to hear rumblings very, very soon, I think, because they're probably looking at anything and this is ridiculous now. Yeah, there's rumors this morning about United going for Inter Milan's, or so Napoli's Osserman. Yeah. This offseason, 100 million deal. And he's obviously been so good. So if, if you want, it seems to a point now where, 
from a Premier League perspective, if you want a player, you just go and get him. Even Bournemouth spent seventy million pounds, seventy million pounds this this transfer window. That's Bournemouth. Bournemouth. You know how small yeah. that club is. Now they've it's got ridiculous. new owner Bill Foley, right? Huh? But regardless, I mean, Bill Foley's got money. He he owns the Las Vegas Golden Knights, right? I believe. Uh, lots of money there. Yeah, but the stadium, the stadium is what fifteen thousand seater. I know they outspent like AC Milan, for example. It just it doesn't make sense to me. It's so small, and you're spending that money. But, but now, even though, like when you when you watch the Premier League and you hear about the transfers, a hundred million is nothing now. Mm-hmm. Isn't that ridiculous? Like every player nearly costs a hundred million. So when they're going, oh, this guy's going to cost, and nobody blinks an eye. They're like, oh, okay, another player. Yeah. And I do have to say that as a as a former female footballer and somebody who cares about the investment in, in women's sport in general or women's football, it has come on of, of late. But I mean, is seventy million or a hundred million, like you said, without even batting an eye? And then the women's game is just screaming, so desperate for investment. So if you if you clamp down, you put some regulations on that, and you see the women's game piggybacking on the the men's clubs and the infrastructure that already exists. Why can't we funnel some of that money over? Well, did you, you know? hear this? Th- I'm sure you heard, Amy. Uh, so United, Man United bid for Arsenal's uh, Russo, you know, the striker yeah. this this week. Would have been a world record fee. Uh, the Gunners said no because they're in contention for a championship. Why would they? Uh, £400,000, and it would have smashed the, the world record. Meanwhile, this 21-year-old kid, Enzo Fernandez, jumps to Chelsea for €130 million. Euros. Right, a guy that's listen, good player. Don't get me wrong, World Cup winner, but it used to be that only the greatest in the world would come close to that, and this guy's still relatively raw. It's just it just but shows let's, the let's, difference. Let's be honest, though. Right? How can any player be worth a hundred and thirty million, or even a hundred million? It's crazy. And wow. the, the thing is, too, you you invest in these players, and how long do they stay at your club for? Maybe four well, years. These guys are seven, eight years, right? With Chelsea. Well, so they're saying, but I know you. I know you mean. You know what I mean, though. You yeah. know, after three, four years, how many players come and go then? And yeah, sure, it's an investment. And then what if the player gets injured? There's so much that goes to it. And then a lot of people think as well, just because you pay 100 million, it's all upfront money. It's not upfront money. That money gets over the years. Well, it's amortized, right? That's how can, yeah, they can afford to do these deals, right? It's 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 crazy, but I mean they're banking on TV money, as simple as that, right? So if the bubble does burst, which hasn't done so far, these clubs could be in lots of trouble. Um, I, I was reading somewhere how you know right now to to be a contender or even relevant in professional soccer, you either have to be owned by an oil state, right, and they've jumped in there, or Americans, right? Americans are really making a big big impression in in world football right now, um, and they see it as entertainment is the entertainment industry and these guys are no different to actors right and if they can get more eyeballs on their sport by bringing in better quality actors then they're going to make the money and it's tough to argue that amy i mean i I see their point of view hollywood's crazy it's out out of sorts but it's not much different to to the premier league football nowadays no i guess not but i mean yeah i mean the 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 glazer family or other other americans who are who are involved? I I think that's looked at somewhat with disdain, though, isn't it? By the by the people who are in Britain or who are in the the Premier League, they sort of look down their nose at them and, and think that okay, they they have the deep pockets and they can provide the investment. But to your point, it is more about 
that Hollywoodization, I guess, for lack of a better word. Like they're looking at it as actors and how big these names can be so that they can really piggyback on that and market it. And it's less about investment really in the club and the culture, or at least that's what I think from my perspective. Yeah, 100%. I yeah. mean, you do wonder, Graham Potter at Chelsea, for example, right? Good manager, football man. I'm, I'm sure he likes good players coming to his club, but do you think he really, if he was planning the long, the big picture for Chelsea Football Club, would he go out and do what Todd Bowley's owner's done? I'm not sure he would. It's tough to manage that squad now. It's so huge. A lot of these guys won't be in the European, the Champions League squad. A lot of these guys won't be playing week in and week out, right? So he's got a big job in his hands. Um, starts today against Fulham, by the way. Um, they're playing today. And listen, you could very much see Fulham win that match. Fulham's a good team. And then what about Graham Potter? So it, it's interesting. Um, the game's changed so much, but it means it's successful, I suppose. But I get why the, the European leagues are, are pissed off. The La Liga president's been calling them cheats, um, saying it's basically football doping. But at the same time, had La Liga or the Serie A realized in the early 90s something had to change like the Premier League did and create the Premier League, maybe they'd be in a better position. They're jealous. <laughs> They're jealous. It's They're that simple, right? right? Yeah. That's what it is. Look, I'm fine with, with the you know these Americans and you know foreigners coming in, but I just don't want them to turn it into you know our game into that whole American vibe and you know Jimmy, try to get you away. Say, when you say our game, are you talking about Jimmy Football. Brennan? At, yeah, no, okay, but Bristol City and Nottingham Forest. Are you Jimmy Brennan, who who played for Canada? When you're saying our game, just to be clear, uh, <laughs> this is your European Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got tighter pants than Canada, Jimmy. A hat back around. Banana hammock, Jimmy. You're European, Jimmy. That one. Oh, you're awful. He's showing to everyone. Hey, guys, can I ask you? I can ask this question. What is the run-on effect for we are a North American podcast? Uh, Amy works for CF Montreal. Uh, Jimmy has a legacy with TFC. What's the run-on effect for MLS when all this other stuff is going on in Europe? Does it hamper? Does it uh, open up new areas? Do they say, oh, you know what? This is actually a window. The door closed. Let's do more development. How does MLS approach this and North American teams? I think well, it's yeah. always going to be very different. Sorry, Sharms. You yeah. know, I, I don't see, I was actually speaking to the assistant. I was at CF Montreal's practice yesterday at the, the cavernous Big O. Like you walk in, it's impossible not to be like, hello, it's like massive, right? But um, I was asking him about the MLS super draft and like they get the list of players, like 300 some odd players four days before the draft. And other than the combine where there's 60 or 70 players that they maybe be more familiar with and maybe contacts they have and scouting they have in the NCAA, it's, it's a bit of a crapshoot. And I was like, do you think that the draft will always exist because it's inherent to the sporting culture in North America? And he said, I don't see that going away anytime soon. Same with the NWSL draft. So talking about Project Date and the Canadian Domestic League that's coming in 2025, I mean, will there be a draft? Like, do you have to appeal to that sporting fan base that is so reliant upon that system? Or do you go more like it is in, in Europe? You know, I think there, there's always going to be, I think, a, a dichotomy of sorts. There's, there's always going to be a difference between those sporting cultures. And yeah. where does MLS evolve? Do they, do they have to stick to their guns in order to appeal to this, the, 
domestic fan base or, you know, with more eyeballs on the Premier League with with Peacock and NBC and, and people who are subscribing to that and care about the Premier League and care about football in Europe, do you start to see it move away from that? I, I'm not sure what the what the answer is. Yeah, you know, I think it's a great point. And I think the the very essence of what North American sports is, that's the franchise model, right? It's not like in Europe when you have club, community-based clubs, you have promotion, relegation, right? It's worked. It's always been that way. I'm sure if, if they could redo it in Europe, it would be more of a franchise-based system where you have that guaranteed income. You get that stability. You'll always be part yeah. of the top league. And as long as that's in place, I think the draft makes sense. Right, you know, you do yeah. need to reward those poorer teams. There's more parity across the board, perhaps, than than in other yeah, but, other leagues. You know, when when you talk about the NCAA too, the draft, it, a lot of those university players, they, they don't make a difference. They don't make a difference because uh, most of the clubs now they've got academies and they develop their players, right? So they can get the players at a young age and develop them the way that they want them to follow their philosophy and they've got more chance of getting into the first team than what a lot of the university players do. These guys are in university. They play what, I mean, 15 games yep. through a season, right? Where the academy players are playing a hell of a lot more. They're training every single day as well. And you're limited in NCAA, how many times you can train and how many games you can play. And it's completely different brand of football, really. Remember, we talked about this where the player can come off the first half and then come back on in the second half. And, but I think, I think what it is really is just building relations, right. And having that relationship with NCAA. And, and that's one of the reasons why they, they did it in Canada as well with U sport. You know, they wanted a U sport draft. Now do a lot of these players come out and, and break into that pro league? No, not really, but it's just building relationships and having that, just keeping everybody involved in, in the system really. But but I think from a soccer or a football perspective, that's where North America is always going to lag behind because the history and the culture behind football doesn't exist. I don't see them closing the gap anytime soon. So that that community feel, that the traditions, the culture, the the really robust pyramid that's beneath the the Premier League and all the tiers of professional football, we're, we're never going to get close to that. So what do you do to evolve? Do you double down on what makes you unique and do you maybe see how you know to your point jimmy i agree that ncaa or u sport you're not going to see very many players you can see the outliers maybe make it to mls yeah. maybe they toil more in cpl um they have to maybe retire from their sport and just play for fun yeah. um so i don't know do you how do you to to wonger's original question like how do you start to build i, I don't think you i mean you're stuck really because with with the North American model, you know, and the one thing that I don't like, for instance, you know, you could have 10 games left and you know that you're not in the playoffs. Your season's over. What are you playing for? Right? You're under contract. You have three, four years left and you're, you're not going anywhere. Now, in Europe, it's completely different with that promotion relegation because every single game yeah. means something. You're either fighting for relegation or you're going for pr promotion or, or you're trying to get into a playoff spot. And... When if you are in the Premier League and you go down into the championship, your your wages also get knocked down. And then if you go down to the next division, your wages get knocked down because this is all in your contracts as well, right? So if you do get promoted, your wages go up. And we don't have that here. It's just it's set. And you're never going to get a promotion relegation system in, in major league soccer in a million years. It's never going to happen. 
It's not going to happen. You're going to get it in any sport. So, but no. going back to what you were saying, Sharms, about the, about the American owners, that that's doesn't seem to be a, um, a, a detractor for them making the leap into Europe where they the promotion relegation does exist, which I'm sure they're very reticent and like probably don't know a whole lot about it, but don't like it at first look. Yeah, I, I think that's why they're throwing so much money at these clubs. When they get there, they know the Champions League is everything for them, right? If they get the Champions League, that's how they guarantee their income. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's, it's risks involved. If, if Chelsea won't make it this year, probably, right? But Todd Bowley is prepared to bite that and eat that and fix the numbers however he does a financial fair play. But he has to get there next year. If they don't, you know, you, you could see a Leeds situation once again. Leeds many years ago, um, you know, had a really good young team through lots of money at, at transfers, um, believing that they would continue qualifying for the Champions League. And all these payments were going to be, weren't up front. They were like over the course of n- numerous years. And then when they didn't qualify for the Champions League, they couldn't afford to pay the contracts. And they went down and down and down, right? So Peter Ridsdale was a guy in charge there, almost crushed the club. So um, I think these guys, the Bowleys, the Bill Foley's of the world, they understand they've got to throw so much money at these clubs off the top to get relevant once again. But as far as MLS, Wonger, and your question, I mean, I don't know what does need to change. It's working pretty well. Uh, I mentioned the Forbes list came out with the value of MLS teams. Mm. And uh, LAFC is the first $1 billion club in MLS. Uh, Galaxy is just behind a $925 million. This is a value. It, it's, it's, these are big numbers. Um, TFC what, is the sixth TFC? highest. At, six, sorry? What's TFC? $690 million. And what did they pay for that franchise back in 2007? 10, 10, 10 million? I think so. Yeah, ten. Vancouver's four hundred and ten million. Montreal's three hundred and seventy-five. These are legitimate football clubs now, making a lot of money because they can guarantee that income. Right? They're not going to be relegated, and that's the beauty of this system, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but mind you, they're not making loads of money because with sport, I think your valuation is seven times of what you're what it actually is. Seven times is profit, is? isn't it? Seven times profit. Yeah, yeah. You I mean, these numbers. Yeah. I mean, listen, who knows how Forbes get yeah. to them, but. <laughs> But still, I mean, it's it's uh, is it a destination? Is MLS a destination for players now? It is later in their careers, right? It's the you best make place. A nice living though, there's no pressure. You know, you show up. Look at Insigne. He is going to be in the best place ever. You know, when Jimmy and I go to a game and Insigne is three three seconds away from us, and Jimmy doesn't recognize him, he won't care anymore. He will I not have a problem. I didn't see him. <laughs> he did. He was this big. <laughs> I want to like hear. He walked under my arm. I was. I like, want to hear stories about people not recognizing Jimmy and then how he reacts to that. They do recognize him all the time, but they yeah, recognize him for the podcast. podcast. <laughs> that doesn't, and Jimmy is his nose is so out of joint. They remember him for the really podcast, not for his career. Oh, hey, that's wait, right. Amy. Amy, when you start getting recognized for your appearances in the podcast, not for your hundred caps for Canada and your, and your work at CF Montreal and, and TSN. That'll be a, a moment for you. I'm telling you, Amy, it's, the, it's the weirdest thing oh, ever when they, when they come up to you and go, hey, great podcast. And you're like, what? You're a podcaster now. You watch. It's a weird feeling when they come up to you. Not your playing ability. I was at my daughter's ringette game last night, and one of the dads came up to me and goes, yeah, I really enjoy your show. And I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, which show is this? Is it the one on uh, you know, Sportsnet during the World Cup or you know, previous incarnations? And I know like, oh, the podcast. It's like, yeah. That's great. <laughs> no, that's this thing. <laughs> Well, Amy's going to get some billing in our Twitter feed too. And it, it, the thing is, because 
at this moment, she's the only woman. She's going to have the, you know, at the end of credits when they're, or the beginning of credits when they, it's someone special and they put, and Amy Walsh. Like she's going to get oh, the yeah. ad. The rest of us are a comma. Good. We're just yeah. commas. She's got an ad. And, and, and presenting or yes. and debuting or yeah, so like that. and star, a guest starring. Mm. Mm. What do you want, Amy? Right. You tell us. I don't know. I mean, if I'm not going to get the headline once a week, right? So what's the next best thing? <laughs> it produces. Uh, what, if, what if it's Footy Prime it. podcast, sponsors, everybody, and then presented by Amy Walsh? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Exactly. That works. You have a title sponsor here. Yeah. Um, so staying okay, on the, no on the money, money theme. <laughs> no money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> staying on the money theme, though, right? And with women's soccer. I'm, I'm curious as to your thoughts with this, this Amy. Uh, this past week, FIFA signed up Visit Saudi, which is a yeah. Saudi Arabian uh, uh, tourism board, as an official sponsor for the Women's World Cup. Man, when I, when I heard this, the irony is just pretty obvious, is it not? Uh, a country with so many appalling human rights issues regarding women. Um, now, they'll, they'll say, listen, there's been progress made, you know, with, with football, um, but there's still awful laws and, uh, and, and issues there. Male guardianships is still a very, very a huge part of the culture out there. When you heard this, I mean, money's money, right? The women's game wants money. We keep hearing they want money. Big sponsors, yep. World Cup, yep, 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 great. But where is that line drawn? between the ethical boundaries and good old-fashioned green backs? Good question, Charms. Mm-hmm. Good <laughs> really question, is. Charms. He, he prepared that one. That's yeah. not off the top. We'll put it to you next, Jimmy, or you can, you can go first. Jimmy has no ethical lines. You seem to have a lot to say. Tell me the money. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think there's a lot to unpack. I think so at, at first glance, and I think – Australia human rights, New Zealand human rights, and the organizers there are saying, well, hang on a minute. This, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. There's a lot to, to reconcile because, as you said, rightly, the, the women's game is, is desperate for investment. That, that gender pay gap that still exists, like the FA Cup, to go back to Europe for a second, they increased the amount of money that's available to the women. But at the same time, they also increased the amount of, men, uh, amount of money that the men are going to receive. So while publicly they're saying the women are getting more money, the, the gender pay gap still exists. That hasn't improved in any regard. But to, to Saudi Arabia, like I think up until 2018, you know, uh, if a woman went to uh, a soccer match, she would be arrested or worse. And the human rights uh, track record obviously isn't good. Um, but the women's team is still seeking to to, to exist and, and to make waves. So you have to support that. But within a country that, you know, with with the signing of Ronaldo at Al Nasir, um, with the Newcastle ownership, with the Live Golf, you know, the the sports washing has never been kind of more present, right? So this is just another chance for them, I think, to and after the success of Qatar and and the hosting in in, in the Middle East, I think that for for the men again, it falls to the to the women. I think the greater point. So you have to reconcile. Yes, we want the investment, but at what cost? But why does it fall again to the, to the women to, to make noise and to make a statement? How come it was okay in Qatar? But now, yes, there's the, the glaring issue that it's the Women's World Cup and, and women, to your point, charms and the guardianship and the humans, human rights record um, being atrocious. Y- you have to 
you have to reckon with that. But why is it again put to the women to to make noise and to take a stance when it was okay in Qatar? Well, I, I think there was enough. There's a lot made of it in Qatar, though, about the World Cup going there and the human rights issues. I mean, was, was yeah. there enough? Perhaps not. Um, well, I think the, when you calls were on. Yeah. Well, the still, other yeah, thing is, what happened? Yeah, you're right. Let's be honest, though. Um, Qatar was sports washing at its best. Mm-hmm. The the reviews were amazing. Um, some paid. Some pa- yeah, paid. exactly. Some paid. Absolutely, some paid. Yeah. Uh, all through the French government, right? <laughs> I mean, all through Europe. But yep. the bigger thing is, men are sellouts. Like this is the truth, and I don't mean it in a bad way. At, like it, I don't think it le- falls on women, the women's game. I think what you do is you say, what is the positives we'll get out of this and what are the negatives? And I think it's just a pros and cons algorithm, just like they did with Qatar. Perhaps nothing changes in Qatar, but you, you gave it a shot. I mean, does any of this work? Look at Russia. I mean, there was Sochi, then there was the World Cup, and then Putin still did what he did. We know that a lot of men are shitty. These autocrats. I think it's just people. You you turn a a blind eye. I mean, let's not think that all all money in football is clean. No, none of it's. I would argue most of it's not clean. It's not. But, you know, when certain people come in and they take over a club and you know, oh, this isn't right. And these people shouldn't be taking over this club. The supporters don't care now because they're thinking, okay, well, they've got the club. You've got the money. Let's go win now. And it. It just gets thrown to the side. Nobody cares after. Right? Well, look at Newcastle, right? Newcastle has gone very quiet. The fact they're owned by Saudi Arabia, very think quiet. The they're winning. They're happy. Yeah. The fans don't they're care. No, some, some might. Some might care. But as a fan, you, you support, as the old cliche, you support the crest on the shirt, right? You can't really control who owns your club. Um, but winning makes a lot of uncomfortable conversations a lot more palatable, right? Yeah. Sadly. So I... As, as a fan of the women's game, or if you are a fan of the women's game, I, I don't blame you at all for, for saying we need the money right now. We'll take it from wherever. FIFA are the, are the ones to actually question. Okay. And where are their moral standards, their ethical standards? And I think we know the answer to that, don't we? They're yeah, because yeah, I, I think if this goes through, the, the women's game being so much smaller than the men's game, this is just a stepping stone for them securing World Cup in 2030, right? Oh, 100% is. It's just That's a what Ronaldo's small there. Yep. Yeah. Well, can you, you imagine? Can look, you, you look, <laughs> but you know, yes, these, I can, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of these, well, majority of the time, look, they're, they're throwing money at situations and they're, it's a nice gesture to hide the issues that are going on behind the scenes. And I think if it's a women's game or even if it was a men's game and money was getting thrown into it, you're looking at the governing body saying, okay, is this money legit? Okay, we might not agree with what they're doing but it looks like it's clean money so yeah okay we're gonna invest now you know it's 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 a tough situation but at the end of the day you know if you're the players or you're involved in the game and money's coming your way and the governing bodies pass it and says yes you know you can accept this money then you just get on with it has there ever been a player yeah well this is my point has there ever been a player who's made a moral stance when an ethical and moral stance against some of these autocratic oil states or even just you know some some bad players governmentally yeah. has there anyone ever said no i'm not doing that that had something on the line i say that hey, there's a dog the but dog. had something on the line that's <laughs> my point yeah yeah you know did anyone 
I mean, it's no, well, easy for the Danish no. team to say, hey, we're not – was it the Danish team or the Norwegian team? Sorry. Sure, I think the Norwegian teams are there. We right. wouldn't go to the World Cup. And they weren't anything. going. So it was easy for them to say yeah, we wouldn't easy go. To say that, isn't no, it? And, yeah. and the Danish statement via their sponsor where they 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 made them a little bit more uh, uniform, I guess, for lack of a better word, where it wasn't standing out. And that was their statement, right? But then I think you just have to look back a few months ago at Qatar and and Harry Kane so vocal about football is for everyone and wearing the rainbow armband. But, oh, you know, we're, we're going to get sanctioned. We're going to get yellow carded, so we won't do it. If everybody had banded together and done it, FIFA would have been put in a position where they, they couldn't have done what they threatened to do. Absolutely. I agree with you. But if that's that was my point. women's game, that, yeah. that would have been done. That would have just right. not been swept under the carpet. And I, I, was, I was a little bit disappointed in, in Canada. That, that last game, yes, they still had everything to play for, but they were eliminated. Why not go out and wear that armband and make a statement? Yeah, I agree. But, but the women's game, though, it seems a lot more close-knit, though. You know, there's, there's a lot more us against the world because the men already have the world, right? Because we've had to fight and claw for everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I always the, – the other question I wanted to ask, Amy, who has the worst stereotype? Uh, women drivers are Asian drivers because the Qataris you have to add you're not allowed to like only certain people are allowed to drive I I, sorry in Saudi Arabia and then I'm like oh well what are women allowed to drive they are if they're with a family member I think that's how it works and I think if if them if their husband allows them yes this is what we're dealing with here yeah Yeah. you're just not allowed to park Before we move off this uh, topic, the the New York Times had a really great article about the Saudi tourism. What is it called again? Research. Visit visit Saudi Uh, tourism. Yes, I've done research. And Craig Foster, who is um, another Craig, a former captain of Australia's men's Mm -hmm. soccer team, whose his human rights advocacy has at times made him a vocal critic of FIFA. He likened. Saudi Arabia sponsoring a global women's sporting event like McDonald's backing a healthy eating or anti-obesity symposium. <laughs> is that not perfectly summed up? Yep. Really good. Yep. Yep. That's precisely good. what it is. Yeah. It, it also, we, yeah. She, she gets to brag a little bit that she's reading the New York Times too. You saw that, eh? <laughs> yeah. Fucking Amy already fucking outsmarting oh, us. You saw that. Look, it fixed her glasses as well. Just yeah, before exactly. she read it. <laughs> But it really is. It's like, hey, girl power. Yeah, we love this tournament. What a great yeah. Girl oh, by power. the way, you can't drive in our country. Are the women? Are the women? They fly. <laughs> what are you doing? Just crackle their computer. My whole, my whole. Uh, Your setup? setup here. Yeah. She was so proud of herself as well, wasn't she? Yeah. yeah. Quoting New York Times, Craig Foster. Yeah. Oh, fuck off. No, <laughs> <laughs> What's next, The Guardian? Probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You watch um, next, yeah. next week to be like that. Oh, hello, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hello, gentlemen. Good morning. You're a fake accent. <laughs> no, don't they fly out? Aren't they flying out today, the, the women? Aren't they going For uh, the She Believes Cup? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it kicks off February 16th, so probably. Yeah. They'll have like a pre-camp for out-of-season players, That's and then right. the official roster will be announced on the 16th. I have to say, I, I did feel for uh, for Beth Prisman. The, the um, presser was for 2 p.m. on Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. Um, the, the same day that the Herbman news or non-news broke. 
Um, TFC unveiled Sean Johnson at the exact same time as well. So they're kind of fighting for, for coverage here. But the squad's announced. Uh, hey, what do you make about this whole Sinky as a... Uh, see that? Sinky. Sinky. Like, I'm so proud of you, It rolls of you, off the tongue, Amy. It rolls it really off the tongue does. this way. I've been working hard. Um, now she's been listed as a midfielder for, for her country and for, uh, for her club as well. I mean, this is inevitable, right? It's not saying she will just play midfield, but someone that knows her really well and, you know, play with her. Was this always an actual evolution as she got older? Yeah, I think so. But it, but it's not really new. Like she was playing that kind of false nine or number 10 role for, for a long time when Bev was sort of married to that four, three, three formation. And now, I don't know if you can say evolve, but sort of shifted to that more of that four, two, three, one. And Sinky's been in there, I think to, to middling success, but I think she's towards the end of her career where, you know, as speaking as a, as a midfielder myself, like sometimes you see, as players age, as those legs get a little bit older, the shift from midfield back into maybe a that KG center back position, right? So it's not unnatural for her to to drop a little bit deeper. And I think you're going to have to see Bev um, have the, a tough conversation with Sinky about about her playing time. So you know how how is she best utilized for the success of the team? Is it to start and maybe you get 45 minutes out of her, or is it to bring her on kind of as a as a super sub, as it were, to, to close out the game. But, you know, her her profile as a player, to me, is less that. So it's maybe you you utilize her in the midfield as part of that midfield trio. And then they've got uh, Evelyn Bien, who's scoring so many goals in, in Sweden. She's back into this camp. And then Jordan Heidema doing so well. So we have, like, two real out-and-out number nines now um, who are going to play – over Sinky, you can't use her, I don't think, in that in that target position anymore. She's going to be more of the provider. But how much running can she give you? How well, many can she yeah, give you? That's the one. Is she, is she going to have the legs? Is she going to have the legs to go box to box? Yeah. I can't I can't see it happening, especially when once you get the younger players coming in, loads of energy, you know. And if you're playing against someone that's a little bit older, you know their legs are going, you're you're running even harder because you know they're going to fatigue. Knowing her as you do, um, do you do you think she'll know when the time is is right to say farewell to, to international football at least? I th- I think so, but um, you know, even if you know somebody really well, they still have to have that kind of that conversation with themselves or that hard look in the mirror to say, can I still perform the way I want to perform? And there's a lot of pride, I think, at stake. With, but I mean, at, at the same time, she's at how many goals is she at now? I think she's at 190. So can she get to 200? <laughs> like, what what is what is her goal? I don't know what her goal is. Is it to to close out the the cycle? So like, they play two games against Jamaica in September to qualify for Paris in 2024. So if they achieve that, d- does she try to? to eke it out? Does she stretch into the end of that cycle and, and hopefully play at the World Cup and then also cap off the great career with another Olympic Games? Yeah, it's a tough one, right? I mean, the, the stories have it with, with with Jimmy here that he just kept showing up to camps even though he wasn't selected. It was really awkward. And yeah. uh, I had to have a... a like yeah, George Costanza. You need me. <laughs> he was a George Costanza. He just kept yeah. saying, I never, I never quit. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. I'm still I think here. he still does. He still shows up. I He didn't have the versatility, though, of a, of a Sinclair. Certainly not the goal-scoring clout. I mean, oh you got a left foot, though, Jimmy. Like, you can't really be in the middle of the park. I actually played in the middle of the park. I'll have Come you on. Know. 
a lot of the times with the Canadian national team in Norwich. I was a central midfielder, left winger, played left wing back. Smart footballers can play anywhere. Uh, football like you. <laughs> charts. Amy, I wanted to ask you, we've always heard about we've always heard from Craig and Jimmy about how their career, what you know, looking that you just talked about look in the mirror. What yeah. was your look in the mirror um kind of moment? For me, it was when, and I've talked about it on this podcast before, when I kind of crashed out of the WSA. Oh, right. First, that first pro league. And then it was like, I was devoid of, of confidence. I was not the same player that I, that I'd been at the end of the end of the nineties or in the early two thousands when I had the captaincy with, with the team, I was a really, really dominant player. And then sort of questioned myself and whether or not I belong there. And that's a, as anyone knows, it's a terrible recipe for, I mean, no matter the profession that you're in, if you're questioning yourself and your own abilities, it's never going to end well. And then I, I got in, uh, injured and then I played kind of club soccer around here. And then I was able to regain my confidence and my belief in myself and, and came yeah. back. And then, but um, when I had my first um, child in, in 2010, I wanted to come back and play and, uh, and, and wasn't able to. And so uh, I really wish that I could have finished out that cycle with where, where they won the, the bronze medal in 2012. And I would have given me a chance to play for, for John Herdman. And I never got that chance. And I really regret that. I wish, I wish I could have come back and, and played because I think I still had the talent to make it through the end of that cycle. Did you, I would have been kind of a, played a, a smaller role. Right. Did you get back into shape after your uh, son was born? I think, or your dog? Yeah, I trained yeah. all throughout my pregnancy. Right. So you were ready. You were going to, and then yeah. you went, what do you remember the moment of truth where you went, okay, I can't do this. Well, it's because the CSA said that I had to find somebody to, to to look out for the kid or watch the kid while I while the team was based in Italy. And Martina Franco had a kid at the same time, and they were like, well, we can't pay for somebody. We can't pay for a nanny or a caretaker. So you're good well, enough to play in for- your brain, mm-hmm. and they couldn't figure out a nanny or a Jesus Christ. Wow. I, I mean, that's, that's crazy. So that is bullshit. This is news. Back on the field. Breaking if, news. If I could measure myself kind of for, for, for me, to, as you say, to look in the mirror and to say, okay, am I the player that I was or am I a different player now? Have I evolved? How do I slot in now into the, the, the chemistry and then the players who are here now on this roster? Yeah. I, we were never given that opportunity. So there's there's still a stigma around, you know, to have when traveling with a team or whatever. It can be be crazy, right? I missed the first part of what you said, Jimmy. No, I said, like, if, you know, if if they said, look, you know, we're going to have two nannies that are going to travel with the team. You know, the kids are coming. You're out training in the morning, afternoon. You're with with your kid. Like, that wouldn't cost much, would it? No, but it's a CSA. Let's just get an old Nona. You get an old Nona making some pasta, some... These kids are happy. What you are we talking you're, about? You're only, you're, only, you're only training in the mornings for, what, an hour and a half? Then you're back to the hotel the afternoon. You're on your own. So you're with your kids. You're hanging out just for training. Yep. Have but I mean, we've talked about the, the gender pay, uh, pay gap. And then, Sharms, you were talking about the CBA with uh, the Federation here in Canada that is still unsigned. Yeah. Right? Where they're looking for, for pay equality. Um, still nothing. No news on that front. But the the u.s women's national team and they fought for six years to have their most recent iteration of the of the cba right where they pool those those fifa monies and it's redistributed equally 
Joy Fawcett, Carla Overbeck names. If anybody, you know, followed women's soccer, like part of the um, world cup winning team in 1999, they were prior to that, you know, they had things in place in their contracts where they could be moms and come back and they would be supported um, during their pregnancy, um, afterwards for childcare, for travel, for everything. And that gap still exists, not just the gender pay gap comparing women's football and men's football, but between Canada, ranked sixth in the world, and the U.S., just across the border. I, I don't know for certain what they have now. And, you know, the, the team is younger now, different personality, different faces. I don't know if anyone's thinking about motherhood, but that's just a reality that you have to contend with in the women's game. You have to have that in place as a basic human right to support yeah. those athletes. So No kidding. I, yeah, I'm yeah. sure that's something that they're looking to establish, certainly in this new CBA. I never even thought about that. I mean, that, that stigma, there must be a big stigma in, in the game about the, the player with or without child. You know, I mean, it's 2023, well, but of course. Yeah, and most recently, I don't know if you guys read it, it's a few weeks ago now, a player with uh, Lyon, who's, you know, we talking about the, the women's game and, and the haves and have-nots, like deep pockets and... And um, owners who were, who were invested in the women's game early, early on, there was, I think, an Icelandic player. I'm forgetting her, her name right now, but she came out with an article in like the Players' Tribune where and she penned it herself, where she had to fight the team to just get her, because they agreed to pay her, her salary throughout her pregnancy. So she left the team, I think, when she was four months pregnant, went back to Iceland. And then she only now, like I think two years later, has she been paid what she was owed at the time. This is incredible. I'm, I'm learning so much here. Should, should we talk uh, about periods some more? Can we? We no, were I'm actually good. joking about that. I got that. I got that one. I'm good with that. Well, Jimmy, What's... I'm coming on every Friday, so our cycles will start to That's sink. right. We're going to together sometimes. <laughs> when you guys are grouchy, you'll know why. Yeah, grouchy and eating a lot of Mars bars. Yeah. What's going on here? Why oh, is sweet? I, I have a question because, <laughs> right? It, it, it may be dumb, but I just I don't know yeah. now that we're it's the lining of the womb. Oh, okay, sorry. 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 Yes, it's the anyway. uterine shedding every month. That's it. Yeah. Okay, that's how it works. <laughs> but you know, I, this is this is a question I want to know because obviously, I, like I, I don't know much about it, and I want to know, and I'm. I'm fascinated like just even with you telling me that you know you had a baby and all of a sudden there's more or less saying you can't come but in in the women's contract now say i signed a, a contract with man city four-year deal do they do they have any discussions whatsoever about you know you're not allowed to get pregnant within these four years or like how does it how does that work um i don't think legally they can do that but right. there was also a case in a in the u.s in a WNBA where a player became pregnant again and the team sort of weaponized it like in their favor against the, the woman said like, you know, you're, you're not going to play. And they kind of pushed her to the outside because they said apparently in the contract negotiation, she agreed to not get pregnant again because that would take her away from the team. When in fact that, that never happened, you couldn't do that. But they said like orally, she said, no, I, I won't seek to become pregnant again. But I mean, what what a joke, right? Like you can't you yeah. can't do that if you're supporting female athletes, you're invested in the women's game. That has to be part of it. The same way that yeah. you see in the U.S. men taking advantage of the childcare that's that's offered to them. 
So I think yeah. one of the men's national team players took his young child on the road with them and childcare was, was provided. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm curious to know now, like if I sign a four year deal and the second year in my contract, I, I get pregnant, mm-hmm. then do you'd you be so moody? It'd be a disaster. Oh, I'd be, oh, yeah. I'd be the worst. I would be oh, the worst. Yeah. Now, <laughs> no, but I want to know, listen, listen to me. me. Maybe you guys can help me out here. So the first year I play second year, end up getting pregnant. Yep. Can't play now. Can't play. Do they continue my wages or mm-hmm. do they stop my wages and kind of put year two on hold so that when I do come back, I still got those three years left or do you still get paid for that second year? And then you still have two years left on your contract to play. That's interesting. That's a good question. I think you, you sign you, your, they, they owe the player the, the wages that, that are agreed to in the contract. But that, that's interesting about the year or the season that you would miss because you were either pregnant or postpartum and recovering and maybe not ready to come back and play or fit to play. Yeah. Does because that- really, really, I mean, as you could try to beat the system as well, because if you sign that four years and you're guaranteed four and you want to have kids, they can go back to back and miss two years of playing and still getting paid. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew that you would somehow find the loophole here where you would be vilifying women for being high level. I'm just saying. Having the audacity to get pregnant. That's not just sports, though, right? That could be playing the right? system. Contracts. It's everything, right? Yeah, it was it's funny, terrible. though, guys. I was the first Fortunate. Uh, they, put in, they put in the 12 month Matt Pat leave. And I yeah. was the first person ever at Sportsnet when I was there yeah. to take them up on the pat leave. And it was, everyone said, oh, no, you, it's legal, all that. But it was kind of looked down on. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. still a stigma, isn't yeah. there, Wong? And I, I only left for five weeks. Yeah, Like, it was, now, it was you know, it was Amy, crazy. That the the only reason why I said that, right, is because my... You're a dick? My, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, part of, part of that, yes. <laughs> That's true. But my... My brothers are Irish twins. There's nine months between them. Right. So my, my mother had my brother, Michael, and then Ryan was obviously an accident. Oops. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so, you know what I mean? My, my mother was pregnant for two years. And the second one was, it was a mistake. Right? Like, it's not like they planned on, on having it. So Your brother's thrilled that you referred to him as a mistake. No, no. He, listen, here, my, my brother already knows because my mother told him at the dinner table about six years ago. <laughs> oh, so it's nice. all good. Yeah, you should have seen his face. He's like, "What?" And he's eating dinner. He's like, "I was, I was a mistake." I bet I you guys like, loved it. I was like, "Ryan, do the math. You think you, you think you're meant to be here?" <laughs> he was devastated. You were, you were, Ryan. You were an unplanned pregnancy and a mistake, yeah. just like this cran- canned cranberry sauce. Yeah, that's what you're about to say. But it was, it was the best though. And even my old man, the way he looked at my brother, fuck. What do you think? Yeah, that's decent. So that's why that's why I asked that question because that can happen. It it can happen, but not so much of a dick now, am I? Hmm? (laughs) Well, I'm gonna leave that one there. Floating. Do they hand out birth control in the room? Wow. What about in 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 the mail in in your clubs, Jimmy? I mean, were prophylactics distributed? (laughs) <laughs> I was curious. I mean, you oh. freaking deviants! They were they, they were they were student handed. You know, at university, they were all handed out in the student like gift yeah. bag, the loot bag. Remember? Oh, I know. They it, didn't. It was great. Yeah, they didn't do that, Jimmy. No, give you all no. a bunch of rubbers. 
No, what do you, you think? You walk in the dressing room and you got hand sanitizer and then yeah, pack yeah. the condom there for you? Yeah, that's yeah. what they should have. Sponsored by Durex. What, yeah. so you can put it on and go train? <laughs> well, you would. That's yeah. your underwear. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait, let's go back I'm, to what I'm you said. number 11 on it. Yeah. What you said, Jimmy, let's put you on the spot. So if you're, yeah. you're the owner, yeah. are you putting something into the contract where you're, you're penalizing your, your female athlete or your player potentially if she gets pregnant? No. You can't do that legally. No. No, no, no. So are you, no. but then are you restructuring the contract in a way that, like, what would you do as the owner? Uh, it's a, it's a great question. It really is. Um, I think, you know, as an owner, as you get into it, these are, these are certain, I mean, definitely things that you, you have to think about. Um, and this is just me thinking about it right now because I had no, no idea how it works, but I think one everybody's got to understand that, you know, this is, this is life, you know, people that they get together or they, they want to have children. Um, and you have to respect that. But the, the, the contracts, how you, how you'd work it out. I have no, I have no idea how you would do that. What's I mean, the corporate rule right now. Do you know, Amy? Know. like, do you guys get 75? If you're on, I remember this from Pat leave, mm-hmm. but I remember I got 75 or 85% of my pay for being on pat leave for that like you know they didn't so i'm wondering is it treated to your point about the contracts is it a you know hey you're on you're on mat leave and you're you're getting better and you're gonna play again but it's a reduced um it's a reduced level that's interesting i think it's up to the the, it's at the club's discretion and that's why in that situation with the icelandic player playing for Lyon, the the club sort of washed their hands of it and they said well under french law you are only owed this Mm. and they deferred to that because it served them and not their player so i think that clubs if they if they want to bring in the big names in the women's game then you have to be offering more than maybe what the country offers unless you're a canada or unless you're in iceland which has great sort of social support for for matt leave and pat leave right see i wonder i mean look because if, if i'm an owner and I say, I want Amy Walsh and I want you on a four-year deal because you're, you're the player that I've been going after for a long time now. And on year two, you end up getting pregnant. You know, I, I still want you for those next three years playing for me. Right. Right. So I don't, I mean, that that's that's a huge, huge question that needs to be answered. And I'd love to know. Maybe we need to get a, an owner on and, and have a discussion because, you know, do, do you say, okay, I'm going to stop your contract right now? And then continue it when you come back. Like, would that make sense for for you? Would you be like, no, that's not right. I want to continue getting paid. So I've got to ask you that question now, Amy. So if I'm the owner and I give you a four year contract and I'm going, okay, you you're pregnant, fantastic, that's great news. You're not playing for me, mm-hmm. but I still want three years of service from you after this. So do I continue paying you, or how? What would you think, or what would you want? I think that you you honor the contract and the way with the the player's fitness when they're pregnant, when they're postpartum. Like I played, I was still playing for Laval up until I was four months pregnant. Jesus I mean, Christ. Wow. What is wrong with you? <laughs> What's wrong with you? But That's let me great, tell you. It I is. I just, the, it's I amazing. I elbowed in the boob in like a, like a small-sided game. Yeah. And I thought I was going to pass out. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I was going to ask gosh. that actually because um, Serena won the Aussie Open while while pregnant, right? What what is mm-hmm. like how? I mean, obviously every woman's different, 
I know mm-hmm. I, I love this this kind of stigma attached to pregnancy. Oh, you can't do a thing. You can't lift anything. Like my God, my okay. missus was you know well I won't say just bench pressing, but she was working you know hard physical labor mm-hmm. deep into her pregnancy. <laughs> it's quite all right. But football yeah. wise, I mean, is it until you start showing? When when should it be? I think it's it's up to it's up to the player. So uh, at that point, I decided um, that I would I would no longer practice. But I know Sydney Larue, who um, was a dual citizen, but then she ended up playing for the the U.S. Women's National Team, and she still plays in NWSL. She's at Angel City FC right now. She has two kids, and there are pictures of her. I, I don't think she played in games when she was maybe past four or five months and, and everybody's different in terms of, you know, how long your torso is, how much you show, um, how you feel physically, if you, if you feel up to it. So I think it's a conversation that you have with, with your doctors, with the coaches, yeah. about how you've, like mm. what your level of comfort is, but she trained yeah. and practiced with the team. Crystal Dunn is another who plays for the U S and she plays for the, the Portland thorns. She trained like she was in her, you know, little track suit with her baby bump and Sydney LaRue also with a, with a fairly large baby bump. So you can, there's very, again, to go back to our conversation we had last week or the week before, very little research into mm. um, high level athletes who become pregnant and what is safe. So it's very much you're left to your own devices, or at least I felt like I was, I read as much as I could. I read yeah. the few books that I could find about it, about, you know, uh, monitoring your temperature so if it was a really hot and humid day, then maybe you were a little bit more careful about your your heart rate and your level of exertion. But I think it's very much how you feel yourself. Yeah. Um, I would imagine it should, insurance companies would play a big role in that as well, wouldn't they? Because you, they insure yeah. you as a player. So I'm sure they be, should be having discussions with the clubs and the doctors and saying, hey, you know, as much as this this individual wants to continue training, we've got to take precautions here, not only for their safety, but for the insurance and for the club. And yeah, can you, well, Amy- can you turn your turn your cap around to say "devil's advocate" on it for today? <laughs> <laughs> it's got a wolf because I'm the lone wolf. Was it the boob shot? Like you you remember this boob shot? Was it the boob shot that made you go, "Oh, I I don't want to do this anymore"? Was it? Well, like it's that not instance? that I felt unsafe. Right. But I felt like, listen, you speak to any female footballer and you, you get a properly placed elbow to, to the breast. Yeah. It, it, it hurts yeah. a lot. Yeah. But it was, but it was, it was amplified. It was, it was, I think, exacerbated by the pregnancy hormones and everything like that. And that, that definitely gave me pause. I didn't feel unsafe, but I just felt, well, maybe at this point I'm going to, I'm going to bow out. But did I the still other, continued on my own to train at a really high level. Right. Did the other team know you were you were pregnant at the time? No. Okay. No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't tell anybody. They don't disclose it. They don't say. You mean that, you the person who's pregnant themselves? Yeah, because it's someone yeah, who's like a rough tackle or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just. I don't know how. Like, do, do they not? Like, is this a discussion that comes out where they say, okay, you know? this player's pregnant at, at the moment, four months or like, I don't know. This, I, is, this, is, like this is just genuine questions. Player. Cause I'm, I'm amazed by this. It's just, yeah. it's so new to me and it's questions that I would love to know more about. Jimmy wants to now coach a, a women's team and be a pioneer. 
No, because you know why? Because you're 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 involved in on the one side of the game so much that you, you mm-hmm. and it's that's why this when Amy comes on and we start talking about the women's game, I'm learning so much because it's things that I have no idea about. Never even think of. I, I never I even thought about it. Never even yeah. thought about it because I'm not in that situation. So I that's why if, you, if you're an, let's be honest, if you're an owner, right? The chances yeah. are you know you're you're recruiting women in their childbearing years. This is probably yeah. going to happen. So yeah, just deal with it. <laughs> it's one yep. of those things, right? But, you know, there's also studies, too. So you have like almost double the volume of blood in your body when when you're pregnant. And so when you have double the volume of blood, then you have more red blood cells. So your oxygen uptake is optimized. So there's been studies, too, that women who are postpartum um, in like cross-country skiing, uh, speed skating, uh, running track, where obviously that's something that's that's very very important their vo2 max is elevated and their performance therefore is is elevated yeah, yeah. I bet. well i mean not, not to take it a dark dark place here but wow th- those are awful reports from the soviet doping uh industry they, they would artificially inseminate women i mm. believe um yes. to, to mask doping and mm-hmm. to elevate those levels like you said yep. and then abort at, at, at an early stage i mean just i mean it's a horror movie, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> really? unimaginable stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, oh. Okay, let's move on to footy picks. DJ Melody. It's footy picks. It's footy picks. It's footy picks. On footy prize. What a segue. <laughs> and Danny Dickey, I'll take care of it. Pregnant pause. <laughs> all right let's get some games here shall we um uh obviously the prem's back in action this weekend uh, i've got a couple of interesting bets here so Spurs well, today, Man today, City. today hmm? the match today yeah, yeah it is but by the time people hear this they ain't gonna I, th- I think that game will be over with probably right by the time wonga posts it for christ's sakes uh jc is gonna post it but yeah okay so it might be okay then yeah i'm joking i'm just joking uh, wonga i love you uh, all right sorry. Uh, yeah, Spurs, Man City this weekend. If you get Haaland and Harry Kane to both score, plus 500. Top two scorers in the league right now. Kane is is one off 200 goals. If he gets there, he's the quickest of any player ever, wow. including Alan Wow, Shira. that's really cool. So I like that. That's, that's pretty decent. Um, Jimmy, you got, you got, and are you still quickly looking as per usual because you were not prepared? Jimmy, no, while you're looking... J- JC, remember last week we talked about the uh, the odds? Was it Reading, Man United? You talked about laying down a a, a nice bet, a tasty bet. Did that happen? Uh, yeah, 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 it did. Uh, and and we didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. You won last week. Amy won. She picked United over. Uh... Who was it? United over um, Arsenal. No, I picked City over Arsenal. Oh, City over Arsenal. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. United over Reading, which you just talked about. Like seven seconds ago. Oh, sure. Sorry. That's, that's... <laughs> what are what are the odds? What are the odds for Wolves? Wolves to beat Liverpool. Uh, Wolves, Liverpool. Well, you got. <laughs> he's like okay, three to one, three ten plus three oh, ten. Liverpool, I think. Yeah, you know what? I wouldn't. I, I got no faith in that team at the moment at all. I mean, they they should. Wolves are playing better though, right? Under the yeah. new manager, but a lot of new faces there. Liverpool okay. can't keep being this bad, I don't think. Well, that's it. You figure Salah's got to get going sometime here. 
Yeah. You know, strikers are known for having, <laughs> no, you wag your finger at me. <laughs> no, 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 no. But they have really strong seasons. And I mean, Harry Kane's an example, right? Where, you know, you have like a really on season and then off, but you still maintain kind of a, a, a really strong uh, record in terms of scoring goals. And Sal is one of these guys. So he, he's eventually got to come on. I know he's not getting the service and they've got all those injuries that the, I don't know about um, Cody Gakpo playing. Yeah, I'm not that, sure about any of the second role. You got to you got to move Salah. I don't know. I think more to a more to a central role. He seems to be playing a little bit on an island. Yeah, put Gagpo on the left. I mean, Gagpo. That's a good point. I'm I'm getting nervous. He's beginning. I mean, listen, it's early days. I know that, but it's beginning to scream one of those post World Cup signings that always happens. Has a good World Cup, and then suddenly someone throws lots of money at him, and then he's not quite as good as he was in the World Cup, and suddenly he's a massive failure. I hope that's not the case. It's still too early to say that, but. There's some Nunes? flags being raised there. Nunes. Was it? Was I say? Nunes. What about him? Couldn't finish his dinner. No. No. <laughs> That's the problem. That's the problem. It's definitely. How many yeah, chances there's, there's players off form. Uh, injuries aside. Did he get a match? It's ridiculous. Yeah, no. I'm not a Liverpool fan, so. Ah, uh, but yeah, by as the a way, coach, though, you know, he's in the positions to score goals. That's the most important thing, right? Yep. He's, no, that's he's great, but then when you're over half- Right, but when you're over halfway through the season, you're going to keep getting in those positions. You got to score. You paid sixty million for this guy. Anyways, that's my rant. I didn't. <laughs> hey, ever, the, the big game that I'm I'm very interested in is my old captain, Sean Dyche, hmm. who's taken over Everton now. Everton Arsenal. Everton yeah. at home will be a massive match, and I'm excited to see how he does. And I think a draw for this one. Plus 375 for the draw on North Star Bets. Yes. Everton to win, plus 700. Oh, take it. Take it. You know what it's like? I'm going to put that down for us uh, as our our wild card bet of the Friday. (laughs) Seriously, JC, let's take that. I'm doing it. How much? How much? Three bucks. No. <laughs> there's five there's five of us plus a missing craig so i'm gonna go in six bucks six bucks will pay 51 dollar <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get amy gambling with us yeah which will almost from get the, us around free prime oh, 10, 10 bucks each jc bucks can each? you okay can you do um not like an opener but just like a little jingle that to like to the to the it's footy pigs but do it's a missing craig it's missing craig. <laughs> <laughs> but, but is, it, is it missing craig <laughs> Is it who's missing Craig? We're missing Craig. Golfing oh man on the course today. Flying through the sky so gracefully. It's Craig is gone. We miss our Craig. Craig, Craig. Where's Craig? <laughs> there we go. Beautiful. I love that. And we do miss Good Craig. Song. I'm just kidding. Of course we miss Craig. I'm not sure Craig misses us right now. No, he doesn't. How long do you no. think it's gonna take? We should have a bet. Is he in Palm Springs? Yeah. He will be yeah. Texas. Yep. Yeah, he's going to yeah. be um, hanging out with uh, the legendary Jerry Dobson. Yeah. Oh, he's Jerry. Wicked, wicked. We yeah. must get Jerry on. We keep saying it. Do we, oh, Craig's these people trying to book guests. My God, it's like pulling teeth. Can, can we, we do get also Jerry pretty easy? Um, like a, a forest skin tone pre Palm Springs, maybe midway <laughs> through Palm Springs, and then a forest non-milk bag tone after palm springs <laughs> it doesn't happen Amy. i've been away in hot doesn't it just stays no, he just he he the sun gets tanned because he reflects <laughs> back on it he bounces back <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's like, he's, like he's, he's like a mirror he's like a mirror going back 
any vitamin D. Everyone yeah. around him gets tanned because he acts as one of those mirrors. He's like one of those tin foil things. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Do you think it's crazy the type to go topless? Do you think? Oh yeah. Well, he used to be. I don't know about it anymore. He's yeah, I mean, he's got such self-loathing his... now about yeah. his uh, milk bag physique. And I don't Maybe think he, he could pop off forty push-ups like you did, Charms. Right. <laughs> Very few people can. Yes. By the way, this new show on Netflix I've been watching. Have you seen this thing, The Physical One Hundred? No. Oh, is, oh, is it, this the Japanese or Korean? Korean. One? It's Korean, yeah. and they got one hundred of like the greatest athletes in Korea, from from um, rugby players to MMA to firefighters, CrossFit, you name it. These ridiculous physiques. Like you watch that, and you just—I mean, I feel I just hate myself even more. It's it's nuts. But they go through all these challenges, one on one team stuff, hanging from a bus. It, it's it's really good actually, and it's so cheesy because the the, the 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 dub they dub over the voices. Um, so it's the cheese value is almost better than the actual competition itself, but I recommend it. It's very good. It's very good. I'll check that out. They should have a Canadian version where they get all these Canadian athletes and specimens, um, retired athletes, etc. But they go through the Canada Fitness testing. Remember with oh, the yeah. Loved it. and Love the it. bench hops? Do you guys did you guys do that? Where you got the badges? Yeah, yeah. We had it. In, we had it all the time. To- like I think it ended in about eighty five. Eighty was it no, high school? Maybe ninety. Yeah, it was high school. It was called the Canadian Fitness Awards. And there were six there were six components to it. But the hardest one was always the flexed arm hang, where you had to obviously they're sprinting and all that, but the flexed arm hang killed everybody because you had mm-hmm. to keep it at your eyes and you had to s- sit there like this. And you had to do it for like a minute and a half. Did you have to so, do it? Was this compulsory? Yeah, it was compulsory yes. in our gyms. For, in for our everyone, for every kid yeah. at school. Yep. That's awful. What about the fat kids? Mm-hmm. Fat kids didn't do well. They didn't get awful. gold, silver. They were badges, Ray Wonger. So it was like gold, silver, gold, bronze. silver, bronze, and the award of excellence, which yeah, is you get you gold in all six. Yeah. I got the award of excellence one year and I worked towards it. So I was you really like destroying get- a kid's confidence or giving people <laughs> a, an opportunity to grow and find themselves sharp. All that, but it, you're being forced <laughs> to embarrass yourself in front of your classmates. That's, I think that's terrible. That big kid just staring at that bar going, oh, please <laughs> oh there was like some three <laughs> second kids. There were some it's kids like, that like, like, it's like the, remember the, uh, do you remember the, uh, the rope climbing? You don't yeah. have that, that anymore, right? So dangerous. But it was so for that dangerous. poor kid that just could, couldn't get an inch off the ground. Like he's just like trembling. His, but no, it's the kids. Just that trembling. wasn't bad. It was the kids who were all almost good, and then they'd slide down it and get the full rope burned. Burn. Like, like you know, it was, if if you were the if you were the kid who could at least you knew you weren't going to hurt yourself. It was the kids who were trying determined to get up, yeah. and then all of a sudden they slip, and these guys should be in the hospital. We used to have these big, huge, like wooden scaffolding climbing frames that would pull out from the wall. And there must have been 50 feet in the air with ropes and ladders and stuff, right? And they'd lay down underneath these, like, one-inch pads. Like, if you fell from the top, you're dead, right? Those pads aren't doing a damn thing. I guess we'll talk about them. 70s and 80s, eh? It's like we always go back to the the neighbor that who was a pedophile, and your parents would just go, hey, stay away from that guy. But they never call the cops. They never, (laughs) oh, I heard he, he diddled Steve. No one ever did anything about it. But the only was though was just some some single guy living by himself, quite harmless. Yeah. But don't go near that house. He's yeah. he's a little bit odd. Like no, he's not. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's about it. Pretty good way to end the show, I suppose. 
these are usually like shorter shows because Amy's here. We actually get into some intelligent conversation and it goes a little bit longer. Yeah. yeah. It's good. I enjoyed Thanks. that. Thanks, everyone. I just I just fancy myself intelligent as I fix my glasses and quote the New York Times. There you go. Craig Foster <laughs> no. of the New York Times. I still got that. We all wear glasses just to look more intelligent. That's the mm-hmm. only reason we wear them. We have great Charms, can you name do our sponsors, please? Yeah, well, I've done um Nostar already. I, I very subtly wove it into the footy picks. You did. Like a good broadcaster. Um, but if you want to watch these games, you're betting on on North Star bets. Your best bet, in fact, your only bet, so to speak, is to go to FuboTV.com. Subscribe, FuboTV.com slash footy prime. The Prem is back in action, and we can't wait for it. We're back on Sunday evening, probably. Um, Amy, thank you. Jimmy, thank you. Yeah, JC, as always, nice. I love you. Wonga, great job. I'm Shams, and we'll chat to you later. Cheers for listening. Nice. Great show. Great show. Why, why didn't you say keep buying newspapers? Oh, shit, I forgot that. Yeah, I love that you say that. All right. Keep buying newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> That's all staying in. That's all staying in. <laughs> Join the conversation on Twitter. Help us fill Wonger's mail sack at footy underscore prime. 